Hi, friends and colleagues. It's Nikki from Full Voice Music. Today's podcast, episode 74. My returning guest is a dear friend and a business expert. Michelle Marquardt DeVoe is discussing the many different options for charging clients for your teaching services. In addition to speaking about hourly fees, tuition models, and value-priced packages, Michelle, as always, shares information and inspiration for setting up a healthy business that serves you, your students, and their families. Welcome to the Full Voice Podcast, teaching strategies and resources for voice teachers working with young singers. Now here's your host, Nikki Loney. So welcome back to the podcast, my dearest friend and brilliant savvy businesswoman, Michelle Marquardt DeVoe. How are you? I'm great and also cold, even though it's California cold. California. And I'm sure people all over the cold tundra regions of the North America would laugh heartily at me for that. <laughs> my blood is is yet thin. And winter has come. It's pretty cold. Yeah. Other than the weather, it's great. Um, Priorities are getting prioritized. Mm -hmm. Good things are happening. Growth is happening personally and professionally. I love to hear that. Yeah. I mean, hard lessons are being learned, which Mm. means awesome. Nice. And then fantastic Things are going great too. My my son started baseball season, so that's <gasps> amazing. Oh my gosh, my son! Don't tell my son. He's so so sad because well, he has indoor baseball, but it's not the same. It is different. Mm-hmm. There are there are lots of muddy clothes in our laundry room. <laughs> in this moment. <laughs> I love it. Well, today, um, I wanted to talk to you about something that I think is super important. And uh, that is the different types of lesson policies, no, not lesson policies, but packages, like tuition packages or... Um, so fee structures? I, yeah, fee structures and how we can you know, earn a decent living from our expertise and have uh, businesses that work for us. There was a time where everybody just kind of charged monthly, but I have to say it's so refreshing. So many people are moving away from that business model because it's it doesn't work very well. All right, do you mean charging hourly? Charging hourly or, yeah, how many lessons are you going to have this month? And Oh, right. Like um, like paying for a month of time yes. with, by a certain – yes, which is essentially hourly. Yes. Yeah, I misunderstood. Sorry. That's okay. Cause, and that's actually part of the conversation. We use different terminology yeah. for this. Yeah, you and I have t- had this conversation before where we were – I thought I was communicating – Because we had two different definitions for the same words. Right. So I think we should clarify some of those definitions so that people, you know, can truly understand what we're talking about. But also, uh, you know, make decisions and maybe maybe change up their business model so that they can actually, I don't know, uh, have a vacation, uh, have a retirement. Hallelujah. We work so hard and yet some of us are 
are just not seeing the the uh, the results of all our efforts. Yeah. Well, I think. You know, I like to go real right to the bottom of the issue. Do it. As soon as we start these things. Do it. Um, if you're still running your studio based on what you think your clients are thinking, that's going to be real hard to change anything. Oh, yes. So we should preface this whole conversation with you will need to have courage to change things and make your studio about you. Because when your studio is about you, it actually is better for your studio clients. When you that. take oxygen mask, right? Oxygen mask. When you put on your oxygen mask, you create a studio that works for you. You are inherently creating a studio that works better for your ideal client. That's a hard pill for some people to swallow. Sure. But it makes sense, right? Because it totally makes sense. Singers are conditioned to be asking permission all the time. Please mm. hire me. Mm -hmm. Please accept me for this role. Please, you know, and mm. um, then they put on a business owner's hat and they're still asking permission in order to do what they need to do and want to do. But that's that's a frustrating way to run a business in a studio. And we see that a lot in the forums. We see people who are struggling with cancellations, who have people yeah. quit mid-year uh, because of this reason or that reason. Or, or, or the one thing that breaks my heart sometimes is the teachers that seem to be working like so much that they don't get to see their families. What if they don't want to see their families? Okay. I'm just kidding. <laughs> That's a whole other podcast. That's a whole other podcast. That's, I need to get a different type of therapist in for that one. <laughs> uh, yeah, but just making your business more important or giving it priority to a family can be a that could be a value for many people. So I would say if if you do value your family time, then it would behoove you to create a studio that sets you up for that kind of familial success. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But I, you have to define what those success indicators are in terms of spending time with your family. Oh, of course. Right? Yep. Yep. There was a really good internet meme. I want, I'm going to share it when we, when uh, we post this podcast, which is uh, you don't need to set yourself on fire to keep other people warm. Ooh, yeah. Ooh, I like that. I, I don't, I, again, I'd like to attribute to the person that shared that. I can't remember who it was, but I've shared it many times. And it always makes me think of how much of my time I gave away in my early years of teaching, you know, feeling that I was serving my students and doing mm. best for my students. But back then I didn't have a family. I didn't have a mortgage. I... I didn't have, uh, I'm doing uh, air, quotes. air quotes here because it's a podcast. I, I didn't have a problem with it. And I really felt that it was something that made me a better teacher. Um, but when I yeah. look back, I realized that, you know, uh, I think a lot of those families took advantage of that. And, mm. and I think a lot of the families didn't appreciate, you know, when you give away stuff like that, when you give away your time and your talent and your resources, like it, it, people don't, it loses its value. I would say, yes, if you're not communicating the value of your time in the first place. Yes, there you go. 
because I love giving away my time Mm. because I've accounted for it in my fee structures and I do a good job of weaving in that narrative for my clients that my time is valuable. So it makes it easy to just keep giving. Right. Because I know that. Because it's part of your package. It's part of what they get. Right. But I think to case in point, what you're saying is we sometimes we make a lot of assumptions about what how that people know. We've talked about this before, I think, on the podcast, too, is this idea that we make assumptions that our clients know what we do for them. Right. Yes. And that they understand kind of the the money we spend in order to keep ourselves educated, in order to keep our studios top-notch and up-to-date in terms of um, softwares and technologies, mm-hmm. literal things like pianos and teaching tools and microphones, um, scheduling softwares, uh, all printer ink. Oh, my and a gosh, new printer. printer ink, Yes. You know, just little, I think we make, we don't, you know, what, what, what parent thinks like a business person and is thinking of every little thing that goes in to developing our pricing, Mm. you know, they're not thinking that they're not being like, Hmm, you know what? Michelle did a really good job making sure that her printer ink was accounted for in her package price. (laughs) (laughs) That there's your ideal client. <laughs> well, in Silicon Valley, with all the entrepreneurs and the startups and stuff, it was a studio full of those parents, right? Which was, which was actually intimidating because they would ask, "Well, where is my money going?" Wow. And not in a rude, not in a rude way, not no. like what am I paying, but more like, "Oh, what are your costs? What are your?" you know, what is your overhead? I had this one dad. Oh my gosh. He was so fantastic. He was like a CFO at like, I don't, was it PayPal or something? Oh gosh. Some crazy. I, yeah. Like a C and some, something. And he would be like, so what's your profit margin for the last quarter, Michelle? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Now would he tell you what their profit margin was for that quarter? I don't think I, I don't think I remember. I don't think I cared enough to remember. <laughs> I think, I mean, it's a little mortifying when like someone who works in finance starts asking you about your numbers. Oh, yeah, oh, absolutely. You bring up a good point about um, uh, like the families. So I have uh, a few families where the parents are um, self-employed entrepreneurs and there is not an issue with them. Like Never. they they get it. They understand and they, they, they don't give me a hard time about anything. And they're very generous at Christmas time, which I really appreciate because that's the only way my husband and I are going to get out on a date. That's nice. I love it. But I love what you say about the fact that, you know, most people aren't trying to figure out what your bottom line is in order to justify your prices. They, they don't have time. And we get a lot of stressed out parents showing up at our studios, not for anything, not that, not for anything that we have done, but usually I see a lot of really tired, frazzled, exhausted parents who are just getting kids from place to place. And they've got their own jobs. They've got their own stresses, their own worries. And we can't expect them 
to get us without us, like without us, like you said, without communicating. Yeah, you have to communicate so much more clearly than you would ever imagine that you needed to communicate. Mm-hmm. Because the other the other thing, in addition, I, what you're saying about the stress, too, is I think the more clear we are in our communication, we have this amazing opportunity to serve these tired parents Ooh, in a yes. way that other, you know, you're not going to get served like that at Target. Well, you don't have Target in Canada. Not anymore. That's sad. That's sad. Okay. Think of a place. Well, in Canada, you get served nice everywhere because it's Canada. Ah, (laughs) You would think, but no. Do you remember when I visited you? Do you remember when I visited you and we went to the state store to get a bottle of beverage and they had the little sign on the um, conveyor belt and it was like, so sorry, please just go over. We'd love to help you at the next register. Oh, (laughs) <laughs> and I was like, this is proof we're in Canada because in the United States, it's like closed. Go to the next register, fool. That's so funny. <laughs> anyway, you can cut that part out, but it was a good <laughs> memory that. that I was just, <laughs> it was such a good memory. So sorry. We'd love to help you at the next register to booze it up. That's funny. I forgot <laughs> about that. That's right. We went to the LCBO to get some beverages. Great. So anyway, moving back on. To serving, moving on. Uh, back to serving our cli- our stressed out parents, right? I don't know about you, but when I'm in the middle of trying to get my life together, make sure my kids are taken care of, make sure I got um, you know everything that is on my plate in my family to be responsible for. Mm-hmm. The more clear and the more clean information is given to me by a service provider that I'm working with, Mm -hmm. the more relief and trust I feel for that service provider. Oh, right there. Yeah. I think clarity, you know, I, I I talk to a lot of teachers when we're first, when I'm first starting to maybe work with them, um, in a business coaching client relationship and they, they feel irritated that they have to explain things. Right. And I try to ask them to reframe this into what an amazing opportunity I have to show myself head and shoulders above other service providers in my area by honoring this family with clear expectations. The one area that they can just be completely clear about what's going on, they don't have to have questions, they don't have to overthink, they know exactly where to go for things. That honors, that is a sellable thing. (laughs) Like is is something that adds value to your studio. And yeah, it takes a lot of work to write all that stuff out. Heck yeah, it does, but it's worth it you know, informing the parents. I have lived this recently. Both my husband and I, you know, Sean, we're both musicians. We are not, we are not, and again, I'm doing air quotes. We're not like your typical sports family. Like we, our life is, revolves around music, but our kid is all about sports. And I Mm -hmm. would like to, I would like to share with everybody how awkward it has been. We're getting better. But just in some of the registration and expectations when we've signed Noah up for all his baseball stuff and like, like silly things like um, the, and they know us, right? Because my son practically lives there. Mm -hmm. 
And mm-hmm. I think they now appreciate that Sean and Nikki aren't the smartest ducks in the pond when it comes to sports. Like they're very kind, but in the beginning, <laughs> there was a lot of there was a lot of miscommunication. We didn't understand what was expected because we're that's not what we were about and it was embarrassing. And it was stressful. We missed out on a couple of opportunities because we didn't understand what was being offered. Yeah. And thankfully, yours truly is an extra extrovert. So I just go up to the desk and go, look, husband and I, we are musicians. You guys are speaking another language. Can you just <laughs> dumb it down for me? And they were, they just laughed, right? We laughed. But Honestly, it, it was really frustrating for a while. And we just wanted our son to have fun because it was something that it loves. And we actually talked about this because I said, this is what non-musical families yes. go through when they sign up for lessons. Yes. This is exactly how they feel. They feel stupid. They feel condescended yes. to when we don't, when we are exasperated because they've asked us about makeup policies or makeup lessons. And I, I'm, it was a really good eye opener for me. I mean, I think that I have been teaching long enough and I have really great relationships with my families, but man, like this is what parents go through and we forget that they don't know. They don't know how to support their kids in practicing. They don't know what a private teacher does in their spare time, which is basically devote their lives to everything music. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, and it's not fair for us to expect that. So I'm just, putting that out there for all you listening who who do get frustrated with those families that don't seem to air quotes get it I see both sides of it because I I also want to acknowledge that yes it is very frustrating when you have done a lot of work in order to be clear about your policies yes and your procedures and I mean Nikki you are a good friend of mine. You've seen all my policies. You've seen, we've mm-hmm. talked about this stuff intimately. You've gone through my own procedures mm-hmm. and my own processes. And still you ask me where the link to book is sometimes. It's true. Now I'm shamed on my own <laughs> podcast. <laughs> no, but I'm, saying, but I'm saying, but I'm saying it's the difference between like, am I going to get mad about it? Or am I going to just give you the information again and know that you're not asking me because number one, you're not stupid. You're not asking me again because you're lazy and you're not asking me again because you are somehow trying to bother me. You're asking me because you're the opposite of all those three things because you're busy and you are competent and you have other things to do that with your time that is more important than like go and search through my website for the booking link. And now for the My Music Staff Minute. Hey everyone, Katrina from My Music Staff here, and today we're chatting about customer service. Your students interact with your studio in person at lessons, on the phone while scheduling, and even online. Maintaining positive experiences with your families is essential to keeping your existing students, and even to growing your business. Studies suggest it costs five times as much to attract a new customer as it does to keep an existing one. Customer service is a great way to increase brand loyalty by creating positive experiences with your studio. Your students also become your best marketing tool. Happy, loyal customers are more likely to recommend your studio to their friends and family. So what does good customer service look like? It's important that every exchange your students have with your studio, regardless of its nature, remains courteous, informative, and positive. A parent may disagree with your cancellation policy, but if you calmly explain why it's in place and empathize with the parent, 
they can still walk away from the exchange feeling better than when it started. Always be patient with your customers and manage their concerns in a timely manner. It's also important to be consistent and clear with your communication so that their expectations of you are realistic. My Music Staff Student Portal is a great way to clearly communicate with your students and meet their concerns. Studio-wide news can be shared through news and blog posts, while communication with specific students or groups can be shared through an email exchange. You can even allow your students to email you through the practice log if they have questions about their assigned repertoire or specific techniques. If you're looking to provide a great value-added service for your parents and students while improving studio communication, you can start your 30-day free trial of My Music Staff today at www.mymusicstaff.com. Stay tuned for next week's tips and tricks on the My Music Staff Minute, exclusively on the Full Voice Podcast. You know, so I think I get both sides of it, but I really think we should just make it as teachers or business owners, you know, voice related business owners, we should just make it in our head. People do not read Mm -hmm. and people will ask you questions about things you've told them 700 times. Yes. Like it, like it's just, you know, kind of like startup costs Mm. are a given doing business. (laughs) Owning a piano is a given. If you teach piano lessons, you know, like, it's a given. People are going to ask questions, yeah. even if you make it clear 700 times. Mm-hmm. Where, where an indicator for me that I need to change something in my messaging, though, is if I get the same kind of question over and over. Gotcha. So if, if like several different families or several different clients are asking me a similar question, like, where do I find this? I'm like, hmm, I thought that was clear. But if I'm getting the same question from all these unrelated sources, that yes. tells me that's on me and I haven't made it clear yes. and I didn't do a good job. So then I go back and I revisit either the, the system or the policy or the procedure or whatever it is, right? Uh, we, we should probably talk about the fee structures at yeah, some let's, point tonight. Let's, let's go into that because, again, I think there's some teachers out there, whether you're just getting started and you're just trying to set up a, a studio system that works, or you might have been in, in the teaching studio for a while, but you know that something has to change, your system isn't working. So let's talk about the, little, the different types of, of structures, of, of, of policies and, and offerings. I love it. So I look at this and in three different categories. Um, there a lot of different ways you can do fee structures, but the top three that I kind of think of are paper service, mm-hmm. tuition, yep, and value-based pricing. Mm. Okay. And I think we all know what paper service is. Most people would call it hourly, even though technically that's a little bit different if you're like wanting to open a business book and read about those two things. But uh, paper service is like when you charge for your time. Right. Right. So you're you're charging for this 30 minutes or this hour or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then people are either paying at time of service, before time of service or after time of service, but it's still they're just paying for what they perceive the service to be. Right. And if you're savvy about that, that I, so full disclosure, I use all three models in my voice studio. Okay. All right. 
I use all three fee structures in my voice studio because I have, number one, I want to keep my finger on the pulse of what it feels like to do that for when I'm coaching and I'm doing that. Um, And number two, because I have the privilege of running a studio that affords me the opportunity to um, allow those three things to come in and out of my studio. Right. And because I don't do my own bookkeeping, Mm. smart. (laughs) I have the luxury of handing off all of the um, financial shenanigans that it brings to have the three different free structures. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But I wanted to be open about that because when I talk about these things, I want people to feel like you choose what's going to work for you depending on the, the hats you wear in your business. Nice. So I don't, I don't wear my bookkeeping hat anymore mm-hmm. in my business. So if you're a studio owner that does not do your own bookkeeping, you can mix and match all day long, right? right. And it's not going to cause you any shenanigans at the end of the day in terms of how you're tracking your money. But if you are your bookkeeper, you might want to stick to one. Mm-hmm. Right. So hourly is, yeah, just paying for the thing. And I do, like you said at the beginning of the podcast, there are people who say, okay, there are three half hour lessons coming up. And so I'm going to charge you for that. Right. Right. But that's still, even though you're paying on the, on the monthly cycle, it's still a pay per service. Right. Is that clear? Or did I say that in a weird way? No, I think that's perfectly clear. And I think a lot of teachers still uh, are embracing that that fee for service. And for some teachers, it could be working just fine. And it works really, really well with drop-ins. Yes. I, you know, I have drop-ins in my studio. They're pre-professional and professional musicians who want to come in for specific things specific parts of songs or a specific recording project they're getting ready for, or, you know, they're coming through town on a tour cycle and they just want to get some vocal health and, you know, rejuvenation. So that's perfect for them. A smart and savvy paper service person will build the cost of running their studio into that hourly rate. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So that they're making sure that they're not just getting paid for their time, but they're getting like paid for the face-to-face time. Plus I'm using my fingers as though you can see it. <laughs> uh, hello. Like a thermometer. Like if you picture a thermometer and it's like the bottom of the thermometer raises the mercury halfway for your time. And then you add mercury for your admin. That made no sense, but that made perfect sense. And I think, I think that's one of the biggest mistakes I made in the beginning, right? We're just charging for our, this is me teaching you, uh, sharing all of my singing knowledge with you. But then we don't look at the time outside. Well, I, you know, I I had to send you an email. I had to get this piece of music for you. I had to, you know, like we don't, we don't think about those things. So I love what you said about you charge an hourly fee, but it's not, it has to include some of your admin time. That's a good tip. Yeah. So, and I'm going to say that for any fee structure, you have to include everything, Mm -hmm. which is why you have to know how much you spend in order to keep your business running. You have, I mean, you Mm -hmm. should not be the money that you make should not be to cover the cost of running the business. 
Right. You should be making a profit. You should have, I mean, I hate using the word should, but let me say this. It is just and fair that you have retained earnings in your business, meaning you have profit above and beyond what you pay yourself as a salary. Absolutely. That is just fair and correct. I like that. It's not shameful. It's not shameful to make more than you need to run your business. The whole point is that we're doing this to make money so that we can what? Feed our families. Take, I mean, you and I both have this awesome opportunity, right? With it, We've talked about this with our boys, right? We get to send our boys to indoor baseball, like training yeah. in addition to like actual seasonal baseball stuff. Yeah. And I remember I was talking about this, like, I really want to make more money because we've got this amazing baseball academy in our town and I want my son to go to it because he loves ball. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm going to figure out how to pay for that. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. Um, so there's that. This all goes back to our relationship with money and money mindset. That's a and whole other podcast. That's a whole other podcast. But I just want to say that if that if the thought of charging a healthy fee makes you feel really sad or uncomfortable, you need to reach out and get some help. Yes. I have colleagues here that have forgotten that they are offering, that they, one, are incredibly talented music educators and musicians, mm. and two, we are offering private lessons, private tutoring. Like, that should, we should not be comparing our prices to the dance company that's like a factory that can, that can teach hundreds of kids in an hour. Like that's a different service. Right. And you ask those private, you know, back to dance, like, um, dance and gymnastics both. Right. Um, you want to get a private dance lesson? Yeah. (laughs) Go, go ask them how much that is. Yeah. How much a one-on-one? I took one-on-one tap when I was in Silicon Valley, and that was like $150 an hour. Oh, okay. So hilarious. I took one-on-one grappling to get ready for a karate grading once, and that was over $100. And I got a black eye. Best day ever. <laughs> That's fantastic. I paid for I that. I spent $100 and got a black eye. <laughs> fantastic. Um, Okay, so second fee structure model is tuition. And I know you use this in your studio. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, This is, this to me is like the gateway drug to (laughs) value-based pricing. Yes, yes. (laughs) Um, And I think you should talk about tuition first. And then I'll talk about my view of tuition. Oh, sure. Because I love it, but I... I think we're different. We're just a little different in some of the terminology we use. Okay. So I have to shout out to Wendy Stevens who from composecreate.com because many moons ago I stumbled onto her really lovely website and she has great business strategies. Um, so for years, both Sean and I taught hourly rate where people paid at the beginning of the month for how many months that for how many weeks they were going to come that month and for years it had worked for us and it was fine Mm -hmm. but then you know busy family schedules and people started to get kind of uh, lax with showing up for lessons and because they knew that they could just tell me at the beginning of the month that they were going to be gone for three weeks and then I was out 
money. And there was a Christmas where both Sean and I had so many people taking time off or taking vacations or just not wanting to go to lessons that we had one of the saddest, most stressful Christmases ever. And mm. I said, enough, this is garbage. We, we're, we're offering this amazing service. We put on these amazing recitals. We have all these opportunities. This isn't working out. So the tuition model that I gleaned from Wendy Stevens' website is basically you, you decide how many lessons you're offering for the year so, sorry, no, you, you decide how many lessons you're going to teach and how many months you're going to teach. So I teach 10 months out of the year. Uh, I look at the calendar. I, des- I decide I'm going to teach 35 lessons within these 10 months. I have weeks kind of slotted in that are called flex weeks where uh, I'm not teaching a regular lesson, but I am still available if somebody needs to, say, make up a lesson or um, they've missed a lesson for whatever reason, or in Canada, uh, snow days. So I have these, Mm. or any kind of emergency, really. So if I need to take a, a day off, I have these other times that are available, and I call those flex weeks or flex lessons. So the fee is the same every month. It's the 35 lessons um, divided by 10 months. And my students are invoiced at the beginning of the month for that that amount. It never changes. There's no credits or refunds. If they miss a lesson, they can go on to my online schedule and find an opening or take advantage of the flex weeks. And uh, it was terrifying to to tell my students we were switching to this, but it actually makes it easier for them as well because you don't have to have that conversation, oh, well, how much is lessons going to be this week because I'm only having four. Um, yeah. and, and the flexibility of, of parents being able to, if they have to, um, reschedule, that it's not outrageous. And also they do it themselves. So they go online and I get an email from my music staff saying so-and-so is canceled or so-and-so has rescheduled. So that's my tuition based. So it's the same price for the families every month. And what's beautiful is like Christmas time, I am only teaching three weeks, but I'm getting paid the same as if I was mm-hmm. teaching in November. So it, yeah. it's, it's a little more secure for that, um, for, for pay. So you know what you're going to make. And, and for the most part, my families, uh, my families are good. I, it took a while. It took a lot of communication. I still mm-hmm. have to remind people to go online and find another lesson if they miss one. But it works really well. I love that. But I also do packages for adults as well. So I do tuition yeah. with my kids. I don't do tuition with my adults. But are your packages like a punch card? Kind of, yeah. Are, are they like a reduced rate for buying in bulk? Yes. Yeah. So, but they're, so they're still pay per service. They're just, right. you get, you get this kind of thank you for buying in bulk. Yeah. And when I just, even, I started doing that for my adults so that I could get them to commit to more, like, cause with the adults that just wanted to drop in for one lesson, I mean, I, that's like going to one yoga class. You're not going to get much from that other than maybe a sore pecs or something. 
<laughs> my crack of thyroid is real sore now because I did a drop-in. Right? <laughs> now I'm confused. I love it. So my definition of tuition is a little bit, is like way more sterile than yours. Oh, okay. Um, and I say it's when clients pay for a long-term time-based services mm -hmm. over a set period. Mm -hmm. And in my, in my model, you can either pay for it in a lump sum oh, yes. or in a series of payments. And the reason, if I may be so bold, the reason why I always offer lump sum or payments is because the lump sum number communicates that they are paying for an umbrella of mm. time and services mm -hmm. um, rather than when it's only a monthly payment then right. it looks like they're paying, then it still feels like you're paying per month. Yes, that's a good point. And so whenever I implement a tuition package, I really try to encourage teachers to say it's going to, and I'm going to just throw out numbers here because it's, you know, easy, but um, it's going to be $10,000 a year right. for 10 months or $1,000 a month, right? Right. <laughs> like, well, and, and you know, what's interesting, too, is I do have two families that did pay for the whole year. Yeah. Right. They were like, sure, here. <laughs> yeah, I would say the one the one thing to be careful of is make sure that you're if you're using an online payment gateway that does take fees, mm. which I highly encourage people to do. And don't please, please, please don't complain to me about credit card fees because oh, those credit like those credit card fees are doing you a huge favor. Yeah. They are, um, you are paying companies to protect your kind of merchant client relationship. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, take my money. Plus, I don't know how it works in Canada, but in the United States, those are, that's an, that's an expense and it reduces your taxable income. I agree with you on that. Like the cost of doing business and running today's business there are some okay remind me to say something about not paying for fees as going back to money mindset and scarcity mindset I have okay. to say something about that but I want to say this thing about the lump sum versus the payments in relation to that is just make sure that whatever you're charging if they if the client chooses to do the monthly payment option mm -hmm. that it covers your fees. Oh, of course. Because yes. the fee will be if they pay in one lump payment, the the fee will be different because yes. you'll only because you'll only have one per transaction fee mm -hmm. whereas if they're paying over several months, then you'll have, you know, like you said 10 months, they'll have 10 you'll you will be paying as the merchant 10 months worth of transaction fees. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's right. So so that would be my only thing is like, just make sure that you're cool with whatever that bottom, you know, whatever that breaks down to, mm -hmm. to cover your, uh, those extra expenditures if they pay per, yes, per month. Smart. Um, okay. And then the scarcity thing though, going back to that is I think it's a good it's kind of one of those good indicators, like a little um, plumb line for us. If we start to feel like, I don't want to pay for that, what that tells us is we're not charging enough. Ah, uh, yeah. Because paying for it feels like it's not valuable and like right. it's not something that will add to our business. Mm. And that's because we feel like we won't have enough if we pay for that. Yeah. So 
to me, whenever I think to myself, and I'm talking about things that are less than a hundred dollars a month, any, because I think it's different when you're like, I sh- this $10,000 piano, that's too much. Right. But okay, that's different. Uh, <laughs> right. But, but if it's like something that's less than a hundred dollars a month, but will allow you to make $300 a month. Yes. And you are nervous about spending that money. That tells me that you're not making enough to run your business. And we need to look at your price, your pricing structure in addition to how you are doling out that pricing structure in terms of like what we're talking about today. Agreed. Thank you for for letting me say that. (laughs) Um, You know, I have some pros and cons for these things. And I forgot to say my pros and cons for the hourly stuff. Oh, okay. Well, let's, let's, let's do that. Let's talk about, okay. well, before we go back to the pros and cons, let's talk about the last one. So let's sure. talk, let's talk about the value based pricing. Yes. Okay. So value based pricing is the hardest for people to wrap their heads around in terms of teachers. But I find when it is explained really well, clients love it. Okay. So value-based pricing takes time out of the equation as what you are selling. It takes into account the value the teacher adds to the client and the scope and the details of what's being offered, regardless of time, to help the client transform into what they are trying to transform into Mm -hmm. and what goals they are trying to achieve. So people are paying to achieve their goals and paying for their journey of transformation rather than paying for being in the same room with you only. And that the time becomes the tool that you use to create that transformative experience along with all of the other things that are in your tool belt and in your circle and in your expertise and in your network. And there's so many things that can go into that bucket. I love that because you know what? Voice teachers are not just voice teachers. Exactly. Experienced voice teachers are offering so much more than just vocal warm-ups and technical exercises. Can you give everybody an example? Yes. So um, the way that I, I have a handful of clients, or no, I have only three clients right now, which feels like a handful, on a value-based retainer. So that's what I call it. I call it a monthly retainer. And in that monthly retainer, um, they have uh, materials that I provide for them. They have open access to communication with me within my hours that I set. We have a specific contract that's based around their goals. So if they, like I have one student who is an adult, female who is recording her first album that she is producing and wrote the lyrics for. So I found the composer mm. to, to do it. I, um, did the research on the recording studios. I did, uh, some contract development. Wow. We're also doing her voice stuff because she's going to record it in two parts. She's going to have like the EP that she brings some more experienced professional voices on. And then she's going to do the EP that she just sings because she wants to do this project. Um, what else do I offer that person? Oh, I connected them with accompanists. I connected them with other musicians. Like, so my network is part of what they're paying for. Mm. Um, 
the ability to come in very flexible because the student can come during the day. So even though her lesson time is technically same bat time, same bat station mm-hmm. uh, every week, she can call me and do, hey, I can't come. Can I come a little bit earlier? I wanted to talk to you about such and such. Yeah, absolutely. And I might spend 90 minutes with her one day and 35 minutes another day. Wow. Um you know, and all of this is within my studio structure. There are so many other things in this package for this fantastic woman. But that's a really great example of, I mean, I bet you there's teachers out there giving away that stuff left, right, and center for an hourly wage. They are. I know they are. <laughs> I know they are because they usually come to me and say, help me turn this into a thing, <laughs> right? right. Um And that's just an example. Mm -hmm. And so then, you know, that's why the initial fit process is so important in my studio is that first 90 minute lesson Mm -hmm. that I give after the 20 minute discovery call to find out if I'm even the right kind of teacher um, to even bother coming in. But that's why that 90 minute chunk with them is so important, especially for my value based clients, because I want to know why are you even here? Right. Because, you know, it's a, a a high schooler that comes to me that says, I'm here because I love to sing and I'm in choir, but I want to be a marine biologist <laughs> is 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 prime for a tuition package. Right. But the teenager that comes to me and says, I want to go to this school, this school, this school in either musical theater or or in theater with a music minor. Mm-hmm. I want to do this. These two um you know, productions a year, one at this local theater company and one at this, at my high school, mm-hmm. I want, and they know what they want or they're able to articulate that, then I can build their package all around that, which Beautiful. is like, you don't come during tech week. You don't come during tech week, but when you're ramping up for your auditions, you have a lesson every day. And I bring in an accompanist for whatever, like, you know what I mean? Like I can be so customized. Yes. That is pretty amazing. This is, I think this is a really interesting um, offering. And I know teachers out there who have been giving so much to their students and not seeing the benefits and reaping the benefits from it can really start to, uh, to think about how they can structure something like this and, and actually not only serve themselves, but really serve the clients that they, they are working with. What I do now is because I've also chosen to become a business strategist and a business coach, mm-hmm. right? So I cho- I chose to, you know, I've had this really big honor of reducing my studio and making it exactly what I want on my voice studio side because I chose to open up this other revenue stream and this other service that I can offer, right? Yeah. But when I was only in my voice studio, I was strictly value-based. Mm-hmm pricing and drop-ins. That's all I did. Yeah. And the reason why was because I know myself and my strengths are around connectedness. They're around individual relationship. They're around big changes, right? All of my strengths make me better suited to have a small studio. Yes. Not a big studio, but I still wanted to make my numbers. Mm -hmm. And I knew that I could increase my revenue and decrease my student load and really be who I was created to be and provide what I was able to provide Mm -hmm. by doing these value-based packages. So for me, when I'm only doing a voice studio, a full load is 10. 
Yeah. But well, those you, 10... Well, you have to be available for those 10 people. Exactly, which is what I want to do anyway. And that doesn't mean that they're allowed to come on like Saturday at 9 p.m. I mean, there's right. still <laughs> parameters around communication and uh, and hours of service and all of that. But, you know, that is what, if there's anyone out there listening, it's like, if you feel pressure to have this large studio, when you know that that doesn't line up with your strengths yeah. and you're not serving people the way you can, call me because there is a different way. And mm-hmm. yeah, it is scary. And you have to, I think you have to let go side note. I think you know, you have to be able to let go of the myth that the number of students you have determines the quality of teacher you are. Oh my gosh. Can you please say that again with even more sass? So if you want to run one of these models that's going to bring you a ton of money, you better let go of the myth that the amount of students you have is equivalent to how good of a teacher you are. Amen. Honestly, the when when I see... When I see on the forums the teachers that are like, I teach 60 kids a week, I think, why? Why? (laughs) Well, and hey, if you are the type of person that can do that, more power to you. Like if that's in your strengths, then go for it. But I don't know. I don't know very many. That people are making because they're like, yay, or they're just desperate. I don't know. I, and for, forgive me, anybody out there that's teaching a lot of people and is really loving it, you keep knocking that out of the park. Yeah, I would. I mean, again, maybe that goes back to not char- charging enough, right? Because yeah. if you're if you're not the only way you can make if you're only selling your time, the only way that you can make more money is if you sell more of your time or you raise the individual cost for each chunk of time. Yes. So. And there's only 168 hours in a week. And there are people teaching all those hours right now. <laughs> right. And and so because here's the deal. If you have, let's say you have 60 students, but they're all half hours. Mm-hmm. That's still 30 hours of FaceTime mm-hmm. a week, not including all of the administrative hours that go with that. Right. And all the phone calls and all the emails and all the. Right. And recitals right. for that many people. Oh, my Lord. Yeah, I mean, there's so much to think about. Um, And, you know, I like doing my group work in directing shows. Like, Mm. that's where I love doing my group work. When I'm a director of a youth theater production, I haven't done it in a while um, because we moved here, but I miss it so bad. But that's what I'm really good at that in a group environment. I'm not good at like small group voice classes. Yeah, that's not my strength. Those are my jams. I love those. I know I'm, I'm so, I admire that so much. It's not mine. I'm better at either directing the show or doing the one-on-one coaching. I love it. I love that, that there's, there's more than one option, right? There's more than one option for us. There's better business decisions available for everyone. And I'm, thank you so much for sharing some smarter business ideas for professionals. I think I love if I can, I love how passionate you are about helping teachers build these businesses that not just serve them, but serve their families and serve their clients. Like that's your passion. I love that. I love you for that. 
No crying. Smash. No crying. Feelings are gross. There Nikki. are there is no crying on the full voice podcast. At least Okay. Not today. Well, I mean it is thank you for recognizing that in me. Michelle, I cannot thank you enough again for sharing your business savvy, your wisdom with uh, my audience and for the teachers out there listening. Um, you can, well, Michelle, tell them where, where they can find you. Well, right now, the really best way to find me is on the Speakeasy Cooperative. Okay, I'm going to put links. That's the that's the closest way because through that, um, that's where I hang out the most. And that is the subscription membership group for independent voice teachers that mm-hmm. I founded and I curate along with a community manager who is also a dear friend of ours, Kristen Coffee Rondo. Mm-hmm. Hi, Kristen. And, um, Hi, Kristen. Shout out. And um, Sarah Campbell is also a coach for that Um that's the number one way I'm all, you can always just find me on the Facebook. All right. Or you can go to my website and uh, fill out a form there. I love and it. And my, my assistant or I will get back to you momentarily. I love it. Well, thank you for what you do. Um, I know that you change lives and you help people mm. to really discover their strengths and just become really smart business people. I love that. And uh, I would like to shout out to to all the members of the Speakeasy Cooperative because they are supporting all of the teachers in there. It's such a great community. Everybody's cheering everybody on. And um, uh, some of our our friends and colleagues are making scary decisions and making big steps. Mm -hmm. And and it's a it's a wonderful group. So I'm going to put all of your contact information on our podcast page. You're my business guru. I'm having you back. We will discuss. Oh, we will discuss money mindset next time. Friend. Let's do it. Oh my gosh, it's one of my favorite. Things there to will talk be about. crying for that one. That podcast okay. will include some crying. As long as Steve Martin is in the background watching us again. <laughs> Okay, for those of you, for those of you, it is a podcast. So I'm in my husband's recording studio and he has a picture of Steve Martin with a fish in his suit behind me. I forgot that that was there. It makes me happy. I love him. He's one of my favorite He's comedians. He's a great comedian. Uh, now, Michelle, and musician. He is a crazy musician. Yeah, he plays the banjo like nobody's business. Um, so thank you so much. And uh, we'll see you again on the podcast. And I'm wishing you warmer weather in California. Thank you. California. Love you. Bye. Love you. Bye. A very special thank you to Michelle for another great conversation, wonderful information. Please visit our podcast page to connect with Michelle and learn more about her services as well as the Speak Easy Cooperative. Before I go, if you are enjoying this podcast, please leave a rating, leave a review in iTunes, share it with your friends and colleagues. As always, I am wishing you inspired teaching and happy singing. Thank you for listening to the Full Voice Podcast. For more information and teacher resources, please visit our website at thefullvoice.com. May my good new music. <laughs>
canoemusic.ca. All right. You look good. Why, thank you. <laughs> I was thinking the same about you. Yes. You look cozy. Do you know how many people have done podcasts with me and they get all dolled up? <laughs> thinking that. Is that a comment about how I'm not dolled up right No, now? you look amazing. You look like you're ready to go on TV. Well, it's because I did eyebrows and lipstick only. Oh, well, you look good with the eyebrows and the lipstick. Thank you. <laughs> if you right. got real close to my face, you'd be disappointed. But <laughs> since we're over the Skype, <laughs> it's fantastic. Awesome.